today we have dr shamik ghosh uh, who did his basic medical schooling from uh, nilratan sarkar medical college in kolkata his passion for pediatrics led him to rigorous post graduate training in sub- in the subject from the armed forces medical college in pune and at the institute of child health calcutta dr ghosh further pursued his pg training in the uk at various institutions including newcastle university and the liverpool university dr ghosh has successfully amalgamated his training in india and the uk to render care with emphasis on good communication skills he is currently a senior consultant pediatrician with bhagirathi neotia women and child care center newtown and columbia asia hospital salt lake He is also the panel pediatrician of the West Bengal Commission for Protection of Child Rights. Thank you so much uh, Dr. Ghosh for your time on a Sunday morning and uh, uh, since I know you are one of the pediatricians that we could have reached out to so really really you know once again a pleasure. Uh, so before we start and before we you know get into insights uh, one particular question that uh, you know I would like to ask uh, in general is uh, uh is for the general safety and general uh, measures so uh, people are people are aware about wearing masks using sanitizers and washing your hands so my question is again you know it's it's related exactly to your field so what do we do with infants and toddlers who cannot wear masks whom we cannot give masks uh, whom we cannot use sanitizers and uh, you know suppose we do have to take them out so let's say they do still have to go out for vaccination or some unforeseen uh, you know event occurs and we do have to take these children out who are below uh, the age where they can wear mask so how do we ensure you know that they are safe and how do we uh, you know manage them uh thank you suchi for a very uh, relevant question um since march i think so we've been in the midst of this pandemic and uh, very little was known about the virus in the month of march which was discovered only in late december and uh, preventive measures what are the treatment uh, options and uh, what is the role played by different individuals in transmission the methods of transmission everything was a haze i mean there was nothing very crystal clear uh 7 or 8 months down the line uh, there are things which are crystallizing now from whatever was nebulous in the month of march and uh, let us get some facts absolutely straight now number 1 is uh, is this a pandemic i think so the question is definitely it is a pandemic and it has affected millions all over the world how much does it affect people the elderly the ones with multiple comorbidities are the ones who are especially susceptible the healthcare workers who go to the front line and are treating patients they are even more susceptible than the general population because of the high viral load so they have to exercise extra caution and being a pediatrician obviously we get asked this question very very commonly by the parents as to how much at risk would i put my child in if i have to move out and what are the consequences of an infection in a child uh i shouldn't say thankfully but uh, it has been observed that children are the least susceptible to this particular virus 
for various scientific reasons which we won't get into now i think so the key take home message needs to go across and that is that children are the least susceptible most infections in children are either asymptomatic or very mildly symptomatic just like any flu like symptoms but what is important about children is if they get infected they act as a vehicle or a carrier for the germ to other members of the family so if you've got elderly parents or grandparents or you know other relatives in the house who have multiple comorbidities that even if the child is asymptomatic or even mildly symptomatic transmission of this particular virus to this elderly person uh, it can cause grave consequences so children basically play the role of carriers in more than 99% of cases yes there is less than 1% chance that children can have some serious manifestations of the disease let's keep that out of the discussion because that is a very minuscule minority all right but what is important for everyone to realize is that children need to be protected from the virus because they can be the carriers for serious illness in the rest of the family now like you very correctly mentioned that you know very small children toddlers uh infants uh, they would not be in a position to maintain hand hygiene they will not be in a position to uh what you say wear a mask or they would not even be in a position to practice any cough etiquette so what is very very important is that we have to minimize exposure to the outside world it's easier said than done like you've mentioned that if there is an emergency requirement like a vaccination which is an essential service so in that kind of a situation we as doctors we take as many safeguards as is possible and we do not advise any delay in the vaccination courses because if you are unprotected from you know things like flu or from a pneumococcal vaccine the breakthrough illness can be even more dangerous so that minuscule chance of infection that this child has we try to minimize that by giving them staggered appointments we try and minimize that by telling the parents to come at their appointed time to the uh, clinics that there isn't any overcrowding we try and separate the febrile clinics from the non febrile clinics so that the children are not exposed and we do pass on a message back to parents at please minimize movement out of the house to only the basic essential and one services right of the essential services is vaccination other than that if you are unwell yes you have to visit your doctor social visits any other visits where the child might be exposed to a crowd so to say that is what we would like to tell you not to thank you uh, very much that was okay. it was quite insightful and uh, yes uh, as you uh, rightly mentioned we also have observed that children uh, the number uh, affecting the children have been uh, almost negligible and uh, uh, and i i think what we have also seen is the recovery time is quite uh, faster in children in, in in asymptomatic few children who did you know unfortunately uh, get affected uh, 
so uh, so do you think that this would uh, ultimately though it is a very long shot but it might lead to some kind of herd immunity you know later on as the time progresses and you know it's there uh, you know for a long time is there a chance for herd immunity developing from from the children uh, passing on to the adults yeah so that's a very very good question shuchi and uh, let us get these uh, facts clear like you know as we are going along the pandemic you know newspapers media they are flashing the words herd immunity innate immunity so let us put it down in very very simple terms so what is innate immunity innate immunity is something that you are born with right okay it is something that you and me have as a natural protection against any illness and what is our herd immunity it is the immunity that is developed on exposure to a particular pathogen or to a particular germ so the key word is exposure now if i have to allow herd immunity to develop by natural exposure in a country of 1.34 billion if the majority of people have to acquire herd immunity through a natural infection we are inviting disaster right because we have a fairly sizable section of the population which is elderly we have a sizable section of the population which is diabetic hypertensive having lung disease right okay so even if you know the percentages are something like 10% or 15% or 20% in absolute numbers if you take that as 1.34 billion then what is going to happen is that the absolute numbers would far exceed the resources that we have in our country all right okay so acquiring herd immunity through a natural infection like you know sweden has so successfully done is not an option for a country like india we have to maintain our social distancing we have to restrict our movement outside and we have to prevent the natural infections to the extent that is possible the herd immunity will really develop we have a chance of getting quickly in india once the vaccine is available because the vaccine is going to induce an antibody response which will last longer than even the natural infection as you must have known uh, the natural infection immunity the antibodies they are not lasting for more than 3 to 4 months we are increasingly getting reports you know that people are getting reinfected i have one classmate of mine from anaras medical college uh, serving in the army he got reinfected in a matter of exactly 3 months and when it happened to him uh, we were all very surprised and this is as uh, late as september first week of september so thereupon the world has you know since first week of september today is middle of october now the numbers are increasing so again natural infection for developing herd immunity possibly isn't a very good option we have to hope and pray that the vaccine comes into the picture as soon as possible so that we can inoculate as many people as possible and elicit an immunity which will last longer than the natural uh, infection and only when about 70 to 80% of the population have detectable antibodies in their blood only then we can say that we have achieved the herd immunity so realistically looking we are looking at something say about a year or a year and a half from now when the vaccine would be available 
to each and every citizen of this country yeah that, that's that's really very insightful because people as you rightly said people are using this terms looking at things and uh, they have made their own definition or they you know google it they go to webmd and they think that you know uh, they are aware of all the medical terms so yes that's so that is exactly what i wanted to know so opening herd immunity uh, is not an option in india because there is it's it's a huge uncontrollable population uh, due to that so as far as vaccination is concerned so we'll finish this and then we move on to another part of what you said uh, over to the festivals wherein avo- avoiding uh, crowds and all so that's the point of uh, today's discussion but before that i would like to know vaccination so uh, as as a you know uh, medical practitioner do you how uh, do you see vaccination coming very soon or even when we are talking about schools when we are talking about children especially today so the schools uh, are, have been you know they are still contemplating if they should open by the end of this year uh, which of course being an educator myself i don't really see that as an option and uh, we don't see it probably uh, you know towards the end of next year in fact so for another year we would not we don't advise uh, it it advisable but from a you know a doctor's point of view and someone who is involved in uh, you know all of this do you think vaccination would and of course you know that we have to give some time for the uh, even though the after the trials are conducted do we have to give some more time to see how the vaccination is actually working in the whole population in the country as such or uh, is there any repercussions you know uh, coming forward because of that so what is your take on vaccinations being introduced into the market thank you sir uh a very very relevant today uh first and foremost since this is a public platform i think so we need to get people to understand what is a vaccination all right okay and uh, how does a vaccination help in controlling an illness now obviously vaccinations scientists would be spending their precious time energy and money on developing a vaccination when a particular illness has the potential of causing death or disability something like tetanus something like rabies something like diphtheria you know we don't get to see that in the modern day world why because most of the population has been vaccinated with this so these are illnesses wherein if the germ were to enter my body even today standing in the 21st century we cannot claim to offer any tangible treatment to people on these particular illnesses so the first basic principle which everyone needs to understand is that the vaccinations can only and only and only come in when a illness has the potential of causing death or permanent disability like polio right the next is what are the steps to develop a vaccine the steps would first be to identify what is the gene makeup of that vaccine of that particular germ what can be done to counteract the multiplication and the distribution of this particular genetic makeup in the population so the geneticists play a very important role the next is we would have to be injecting them into certain animal models and then conducting human trials now what people have to remember is 
today we are free of polio today we are free of uh, tetanus today we are free of diphtheria we are free we don't see so many cases of rabies but the vaccines against them have only come up after years and years and years of vigorous trial some vaccines were not even very effective when they were first introduced for example the typhoid vaccine when you were a child i was a child my father would inject me with an extremely painful typhoid vaccine once every 3 years and yet i could suffer from typhoid from the 70s to now 2020 we have a typhoid vaccine where a single dose after 6 months of age is sufficient for lifelong immunity so the process of refinement is a continuous process so as far as corona virus is concerned what has been the time lag december 2019 the germ was identified who named the germ in middle of january the genotype that is the genetic makeup sometime in february and within 15 days with all due credit to the world health organization despite all the flack that they keep receiving they initiated all the research and you know more than 400 companies in the world today are having funded research as far as the coronavirus vaccine is concerned there have been epidemics of similar coronavirus previously known as mers known as sars covid 1 previously affecting the middle east countries and other countries there weren't pandemics but there were epidemics so we do have some information about the kind of antibodies that will be required to combat this particular virus and that might expedite the production of the vaccine what we must remember is whatever is discovered whatever is manufactured has to be injected into a human being and two things need to be looked at whether the antibodies once they are injected into the human body they are persistent for at least a year and whether they are causing any serious side effects or not so once we get clarity on these two points it is only then that we would be able to say safely that after giving vaccination we will be safe enough to combat this particular virus so if i have to look at the timeline then what is it the vaccines are presently in the human trial phase by the end of the year early next year possibly some of them may be getting a license all right which is actually a scientific marvel because from discovery till licensing would be a year which was unthinkable say 20 years back also but then once it comes into the market also the first recipients we would have to wait for a year before we pass a judgment on which vaccine is more effective and which vaccine is less effective so friends please be prepared despite all the hype and the hoopla about vaccines that 2021 will be a year where you have to be on your guard the vaccine may come in it may be injected to a lot of people there may be a lot of volunteers who are willing to take the vaccine for whatever protection it, it provides but whether we are going to be safe or not the whole of 2021 has to be passed only then sometime in 2022 would we come to know that whether we have acquired enough herd immunity so this is a very very excellent point because 
that's the reason I asked about vaccinations because people are so excited and in fact I have seen people uh, you know uh, saying that uh, 15th August was the deadline why it has not happened unfortunately being even so advanced so educated we are living in times when people don't understand that everything has a process everything has its own timeline own measures to be taken and we cannot rush these kind of things for uh, you know of course for the sake of you know uh, we probably have you know cause more damage rather than repairing you know something else so this was very very important that we needed to put it out today that uh, just because a vaccination is out people should not start taking things very lightly and you know start living as if uh, you know nothing had happened and you know go back to 2019 so uh, yeah this is this was very very important so now coming so to the main point can I just before we go on to sure. the next point okay can I just make a very important point a slightly contrarian point but it's very important you know uh, mind you um, we are in the midst of a pandemic all right okay and uh, people's lives have changed unrecognizably you know people who are daily wage earners people who are uh, being forced to you know cut down on everything other than basic expenditure uh, uh, there are people who have had their relations you know who have lost their relatives so psychologically uh, Shruti to be very very honest honest title so if a person in this kind of a situation is looking for a magic potion right okay uh, we you know we as a country we do not have very robust social service systems in place all right we have all the laws in the world which don't get implemented so as an ordinary citizen you know i pray for a ration i pray for a medical service you know i know you know prayer is not going to get me well but you know i pray i pray that you know let there be some miraculous intervention so that my life can be saved so as long as we have respect for the right to live of every citizen of this country i for one as a doctor i take no umbrage and i take i am never never upset by a patient asking me a question doc when is the vaccine going to come you know i can perfectly understand their mental state you know their children are confined to their homes they can't go out to a park they can't go out to meet their friends they aren't able to meet their grandparents they are their income has slashed down by one fifth to one tenth so you know it's all a cumulative you know build up within themselves which is making them sound helpless and in these helpless times you know if a person uh, i mean this program is all about looking deeper than what's there on the surface we are looking at the emotional wellness of our people also it's very important that an educator like you or a doctor like me we need to give these people a very very patient hearing we need to tell them that look you and me are in the same boat we all are hoping and praying for a miracle the positive things are today the treatment is better today eight years of age she had a dengue infection had a massive you know cardiac problem i thought i would lose her she has pulled through with multiple comorbidities which is unthinkable in the month of march so i do tell my patients that look 
we have given ourselves time to improve our medical facilities we have given ourselves time to improve the care that we are rendering we have enough to hope for in the future and just like you are praying for a vaccine we are also praying not just praying we are putting in our best efforts to provide some succor and some relief to people who are not just physically but time at an old window. Yes, uh, Suchi, are you there? Yes, yes, yes. So, yeah, so when you spoke about uh, you okay. know, the okay. emotional wellness of, of people, I completely agree because, uh, you know, I see when I talk to my clients also, I see that anxiety. And in fact, I was just talking to someone day before yesterday and uh, we were just talking about uh, the lives that covid has claimed and i happen to you know i happen to have this idea or thought that we are just counting people who were affected by covid but you know who were you know infected by covid rather but you know so there are people there are older in fact unfortunately i have been one of those families who has lost family members due to indirect you know due to anxiety due to heart attack so uh, so yes so i i think these deaths also you know can be counted as covid death maybe not infected by covid but due to the anxiety or due to the uncertainty of you know things that uh, that is happening so uh, that there's been a lot of increase in abuse also uh, which you know uh, domestic abuse domestic violence which has also led to some kind of a uh, you know um, in uncertainty in people and uh, i think those also should be considered as as covid related losses as well so uh, so yes absolutely we are living in very very difficult times and we but yes these points are also uh, pertinent to be put out to people so that uh, uh, we as you said rightly we are hoping we are praying so prayer is nothing but a hope and a faith that all will be fine but we also have to have that patience till everything is actually you know fine and not just because we are praying and we have a vaccine it doesn't mean that it's perfectly fine at this point it it would take its own time and we have to hold on to that hope till everything goes back to uh, you know uh, pre covid times rather so so the last uh, uh, you know the main crux of today's uh, discussion the festival so uh, with festivals coming of course you know people always love festivals because again festivals are a symbol of hope of faith of positivity and yet we are living in uh, in a time where we are unable to give our 100% to these uh, to the festivals uh, and uh, in certain cultures uh, we do have you know though this navratri the nine days is a is the time when people prefer to go out and uh, you know do things but uh, me also myself being from the similar community we have these specific days you know where we go we do puja we have to you know uh, our elders have always taught us that we have to go give pushpanjali we have to pray to goddess you know if not all nine days we have uh, you know specific days the ashtami or the navami or you know these are the days where it's it, it is of more importance and we have to go out so uh, how do you what do you suggest you know when especially people who are probably uh, uh, there are so 
some people are more uh, i don't know maybe either religious or some people or or it's a part of their life or it's a part of their identity that they do have to go out and you know perform this puja so what are the precautions if they at all do want to go out and you know uh, on at least one day or two days of during this festival time uh, or even later as a diwali is just around the corner so what is your suggestion that if they uh, you know of course not going out is one of the options but if they do have to go and if they do have to participate uh, is there some additional precautions that they should be taking or how should uh, you know uh, they take it ahead uh shuti uh, i think so this is something which is being hotly debated and it's there in the newspapers it's there in almost every forum So let us uh, put a proper spin to this whole thing. You know, uh, yourself as an educator, myself as a doctor, somebody else as a politician, somebody else as a fire service personnel, somebody else as a police personnel. Uh, we all have uh, our own, you know, beliefs as far as religion is concerned, as far as festivals are concerned. and uh, what is very important for us is to take cognizance of and respect the other person's sentiments also okay i might be a doctor i might be a can complete atheist i might be looking at festivals as nothing more than a social get together a cultural you know manifestation of what we are Uh, i might be looking at festivals irrespective of religion uh, eid will appeal to me much more as much as christmas might appeal to me or an onam might appeal to me but what is very very important is that we have to put everything into the right perspective what and what we can do is we cannot force people we have to develop i mean people like you and me who are on the public platform who are in public service our communication skills have to improve to such an extent that people will listen to us and we have to use every available platform every available opportunity to tell people that look we completely respect your sentiment for a festival we completely respect your need to interact with society at large we are all social animals i cannot spend my life in splendid isolation today as doctor i need to have a very good and positive interaction with a psychologist with an educator with a police person with a legal person everybody right so it's very important for us to have days in the calendar where we can you know we are guided by the community to interact the whole year we are, we do spend you know interacting with a small close circle these are occasions where we interact with a larger group and we make a lot of new friends which actually adds to my positive mental health right but this year this act for all its positivity has some inherent dangers and the danger is in the crowding and in the overcrowding the danger is there because because india if i may say so impose the lockdown at the right moment if you were to take everything into consideration in the very very early stages and we impose the lockdown in the third week of march 
the first cases started trickling in sometime in april all right but despite such, such a strict lockdown or despite the lockdown today we have reached more than 60 or 70 lakh cases so how did it happen it happened because in the early stages we were not testing enough people who had symptoms you know we had we had a huge bureaucratic uh what should i say uh, line to go through you know there was a huge bureaucratic tangle to go through just to get yourself tested you had to report to a nodal officer the nodal officer would take down a questionnaire of 22 questions even if one question out of that turned out to be a no you were not authorized to have a test look at the time when the private labs or you know the testing facilities were extended so so many so many patients just escaped through this testing net and it got spread into the community so whether we like it or not whatever the statistics say we are today faced with a community spread today my parents are restricted to their homes they are aged they are 80 plus nearing 80 they don't leave their rooms forget their homes and yet they are getting infected i cannot give you a more tangible evidence of community spread all right so when it is there around you when you don't really know still as to how it is getting spread my sincere request to our fellow citizens is please curb your instincts please curb your festivities for this particular year This is a year where we really need to show our faith in the doctors in the nurses in the in everybody who is trying to maintain a modicum of service so that humanity can survive if at all today we need to show any respect let us not show it to an idol let us show it to people who are act whose actions are speaking louder than words let us you know have this festival time to instill a sense of you know of feeling good amongst each other by appreciating what people have done for us it could be my parents who have brought me up it could be my teacher who has you know put me on the right path it could be my friends who have been with me to thick and thin it could be anybody around me who has had a positive influence in my life we scarcely stop to think about these people we scarcely stop to you know show our gratitude to these people you know we we become aware of the impact that they had after they are dead and gone rather than that while they are alive let us use this particular festival to show our obeisance to people who you know brought us up who you know had a positive impact on our lives and at the same time let us pledge that we will not do anything which will endanger their lives which will endanger my family's life you know i cannot say that for 50 years of my life i have had the good fortune of enjoying every durga puja in the best manner possible my parents have bought me the best clothes they have taken me for an outing you know i have had the whole night rides with all its excitement as a as a teenager as a youngster i would love to be that once again but for this year let us just be thankful to any supreme power if there is any for all that we've already enjoyed 
and restrain ourselves this year. Uh, we have seen what has happened in Kerala. After the Onam festivities, infection rates have gone up seven times. And mind you, Kerala's Onam in magnitude is nothing compared to our Durga Puja festival. Let us take a leaf out of the Maharashtrians book and see how they observed Ganesh Chaturthi this year. They were so, so restrained. They had no option. They had people dying left, right and center. So they had no option. So let us not have that realization after Durga Puja. Let us have that realization before the festivities kick in. Let anyone say whatever they want to. But today, if we have to be grateful for whatever lives we are leading, let us show that through this festival to the people who really matter to us. Get in touch with them, pick up the phone, speak to them, get the digital media to be in touch with them. But please, this is an honest appeal to everyone. Avoid crowds. Avoid going out to you know places where you have the risk of transmitting the infection because everything said and done in a hugely population dense country like ours, actor Sribhumi Bhutjohole, you don't expect there to be a six feet gap between two people. You don't expect everyone to be masked. You don't expect everyone, each and every person over there to not be carrying the virus. Even that is important for everyone to realize. So once you have this realization, I think I have complete faith in the survival instincts of my fellow citizens. And I'm sure they will ultimately realize that what is good for them. Yes, Shruti. I think the two main points of what you mentioned, uh, it really touched my chord. One is respect, you know, respect for other people. Uh, because I think from the time that we have we have been into this pandemic situation, the only thing that has come up again and again is we are wearing masks not just for ourselves. We are wearing it to protect others. So, so I think if if at all this pandemic has taught us that we do not need to uh, you know uh, live our lives exactly the way we were living, you know, buying everything, going out, enjoying that much, we can very much do it in little bit of self restraint. So self-restraint, respect for our fellow human beings and our family, friends, children, everybody uh, and realization, yes, that, you know, this is just one time, probably uh, two years down the line, like you said, you know, one year after the vaccinations are uh, uh, imposed or started. So we have time to do all that if only we show, you know, these three points, you know, realization, respect and restraint. I think we can put it in that way as three R's. If we are, if we can do that, then, you know, we can definitely beat this uh, as a as a community, as humanity. Absolutely. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Dr. Ghosh. Uh, if you have any, any any concluding words, please feel free or I think uh, we can wrap up today. I, th I think so. You summarized it perfectly well. Let's let's follow the three R's. I think, right? Let's yeah. show restraint. Let's show respect, right? And uh, uh, let's just be uh, very grateful for whatever we are today. All right, okay. So, uh, me having this internet connection, this uh, ability to communicate with you, with uh, well-meaning people like you, uh, this willingness to you know do something for our fellow citizens. Let this permeate into every individual. Uh, let everybody try to help out at least one person who is in need. 
I think so, uh, the true spirit of the festival would come out to these uh, small, small measures that all of us, you know, can do and take on our behalves. Yeah, absolutely. I and, we can spend our budget of whatever was for the festival. Why not? So everybody tells that I am not in a position to help and go out the NGOs. So I am connected with two NGOs, and people tell us that a lot of often. So I think today we can, you know, personally, I can say that I can take my puja shopping budget or the going out budget, and just no, I don't have to add anything more to it. Just that exact budget, what probably I keep aside for vacation or for anything else that I am saving this year. Maybe I can give this exactly this amount to someone needy and help them out. I think uh, this is a true test uh, that we can have today. मैंने बेशी दूर देखता हूँ बिना मैंने just नीचे आशेपाशे प्रतिबेशी दर मुझसे देखो I'm very sure there are people who are suffering. Okay, may not be COVID. There may be an elderly person who hasn't had a diabetes checkup for six months. All right, okay, help that person. You know to access. Uh, Medical needs. There may be a person who hasn't been able to go to the bank for say six months. The data tulte parts, you know, she doesn't know how to, you know, do an internet thing and stuff like that. All right, okay. Try and help that person out. All right. Um, give some small loans to people who are working at your home. All right. And happy uh, pujas for everyone. Okay. Yeah, happy uh, pujas to you. Happy pujas to everyone. Let there be a smile on every face, all right? Not because we are standing with folded hands in front of the goddess, but uh, maybe our deeds can also bring a smile to everyone's faces. Thank you so okay. much. Thank you Thanks. once again. And, My pleasure. Uh, we'll take it across. Thanks a lot. Thank you so much. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you so much. Stay well and stay safe. Thank you.